More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. All right, second hour of Clay and Buck kicks off now. I wish we had the theme music for Mission Impossible for a second here because it would go well with this scoop from Axios. Biden's teams don't let him trip mission. The don't let him trip mission, Clay. Buck, let's just let's not underrate how crazy this is. I mean, th- this is this is the saying... lead story for Axios this morning, Buck. I woke up, went into my email. I read the Axios. Uh, I read got, got a bunch of email newsletters with the news, and I saw this, and I thought it was like April Fool's Day that this would be out as a legitimate story. So it's a real thing. His team is trying to prevent him from falling down. You all remember? Remember that video of Hillary Clinton? They said that she had a fever or something, and the Secret Service was around her, and she just flopped into the back of a van, and it was on video. Yeah. And at first, they were like, she didn't flop. It was a balletic, uh, you know, <laughs> dismount into the rear of the vehicle. And then, like, okay, yeah, she flopped. And then they said, oh, she had a fever or something. And that became a, a moment in the news cycle. Um, I, I do not believe Joe Biden is going to have a uh, – I, I don't I, – I, you know, man, I don't like talking about this sometimes – I don't think he's going to have a dementia moment on stage if there are debates. I, I don't. I think that they'll be able to, no more so than he already has, right? I mean, nothing beyond what we've already seen. It, anything could happen. But uh, what they are worried about is if Joe Biden has some big stumble at the wrong moment, it just reminds everybody of what's what's going on. Meanwhile, um, so there, so the mission mission impossible, as I call it, is to prevent Biden from stumbling as he walks around. And then you have Biden set to join the picket line at the United Auto Workers strike. And they're saying this is the first time a sitting president has ever gone to and in effect joined, I guess, a picket line. This is all about the unions, all about Michigan, particularly for 2024. We can see that. 
And uh, I, I think Joe Biden has always done very well with unions, um, and the Democrats still maintain a pretty strong grip on them. Clay, I just wanted to go through some interesting moments in Bidenomics right now for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and and then you know you can tell me where you think this is all heading or or how bad this is going to get. This is these are just all stats and statistics that I pulled this morning when I was looking up uh, what's going on here. The monthly average payment for a mortgage has gone from a thousand dollars. I'm sorry, has gone from um, yeah, basically a thousand dollars to two thousand dollars, an increase of a thousand bucks in your mortgage payment. So you can afford quite truly about half the house you used to be able to afford if you are getting a mortgage at this point in time. Yes, sir. No, I think it's also important. So the mortgage rates have uh, the cost of a mortgage has gone up that much. Also important to to reemphasize, there are tens of millions of people who would like to move but have a two and a half or three percent mortgage rate. Yeah, they're not. Going and so anywhere. they're not moving either. So they don't have a house that fits necessarily their needs. But you feel so fortunate to have that rate locked in that you're not going to trade up or trade down like you might be doing based on the cycles of your life. So car rate loans, or car loan rates rather, um, have also shot up dramatically. So it's a lot more expensive. The number of monthly car payments at a thousand dollars a month right now are at an all time high. So a yes. lot of people are making thousand dollar a month car payments. And yeah, you know, they're not tough. driving around in a, in a Maybach or a Mercedes necessarily, right? So that would be a lot more than a thousand. But, um, demand for th- these are all things. Demand for commercial real estate loans is way down toward 2008 levels. You have $17 trillion of household debt right now. I had to check that stat twice. That seems crazy. $17 trillion of household debt. 36% of Americans have more credit card debt now than they have in total savings. 36%. And the average credit card loan, right? Our credit card rate APR is something in the 17 to 20 percent range. So you start to look at this, and you start to say to yourself, "Hold on a second. Oh, and I'm not—I didn't even pull. I should have pulled gas and groceries, which are the most common day-to-day household expenses, which are far uh, above what they were before Biden took office. Everybody." except for people who are so rich they don't really care, is is poorer under Biden. That's yes. actually what this is. Forget about the unemployment rate. Forget about whatever the stock market's doing. Seven stocks. It's like, you know, App, Apple, Amazon, NVIDIA, Microsoft, uh, Tesla. Uh, what am I missing? Well, what, Google, maybe? Alph- Alphabet, did I already say that one? Um, those stocks, Clay, if you took them out of the stock market, the stock market would be down this year. Yeah. It'd be a down year in the stock market. There's only seven stocks, all tech stocks that are holding the whole thing up. The shoe is about to drop, folks. I don't know what else to say. The the, the music is going to stop. Everyone's saying, oh, maybe we won't hit a soft landing. We have some major economic dysfunction going on right now. And this is summed up, Buck. NBC News poll, Republicans have a 21-point advantage on which party better handles the economy. 49% to 28%. And this is according to Josh Kroshauer, who I'm reading from here. That's the largest lead Republicans have held in this poll dating back to 1991. Interesting. 
What also happened in 1991? Third party, Ross Perot. Everybody was upset about the way the economy felt. Ross Perot swept in, for those of you who remember the 1992 election, and won, what did Perot win, Buck? 19% of the overall vote in 1992? Yeah, crazy high number compared to what people thought was possible. Um, and so is, again, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Um, that's interesting just in the context of biggest lead Republicans have held since 1991. Now, also, 1992, Clinton won, but this was the, uh, the Bush senior had some of the highest approval ratings in 1991 in the history of a uh, president, honestly. Clinton, Clinton won with less than less than half the vote. Correct. So let's all remember, Clinton was not even a majority president, right? I mean, Clinton Either just was time. kind of an accident. He, ne- he never won a majority in 92 or 96 because Perot ran again in 96. He was less powerful but, then. See, th- th- this is why, you know, when everyone's sitting here and, and you know, and I'll get to some of the, I've, I've seen some of the VIP emails. You get nervous, Buck? You think Biden's going to make it? Oh, I think Biden's still going to make it. I'm, I am quadrupling down. I am so deep in my Biden's going to be the nominee bunker that I can't even get any natural sunlight anymore. Um, but I, I, Clay, there are so many variables here that I think you have to assume, um, at some, at some level, the, you know, inertia will win out on some of these political realities. Like, it, you'd have to get so much going to push Biden aside that, to me, inertia, meaning just let it go as it is, uh, is the likelier scenario because there's also all these other variables and factors that you can't account for. And if you start to create chaos in the system, if you start to make distinctions and determinations about where things are, where things are going in the future based upon incomplete information now – you know, and give up advantages in the process to do that. I, I, I just think that that's, that's bad. That's bad strategy. We know we have the possibility of a third party candidate. Uh, we also have the possibility. I don't know what happens if Trump loses one of these trials. I mean, I, I really don't know what happens I, to the sentiment in the country. I don't know what, and I don't even mean that. I'm like, what are the polls show? I'm like, I don't know how we, uh, get along very well. I, I've after got a, that. I've that's, got a crazy theory on that, Buck. I don't think it's going to matter that much. That's possible. But I, I, I don't think that's I mean, crazy. I, I'm just I saying know. I don't know. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I've been thinking a lot about that. I mean, because there is, I think so far, correct me if, or it's, see if you agree with this theory. I think that Democrats never expected that they would be in this situation in late September. Nope. I think they thought that Trump would be, maybe he's still leading in the Republican, uh, primary, but I think they thought that he would be taking on water, uh, you know, with New York City, with, uh, with DC, with South Florida, and with Atlanta. I think they thought that he would be weaker instead of getting stronger. So I, I think that we've been very consistent here, stretching back for a long time, certainly really, I think for this whole year or since the indictment started to come down, that we were saying the Democrats believe that Trump is their best opponent yes. and they think that the indictments will help him in the primary or else they won't do it, comma, that doesn't mean they're right in the general. Yeah. We've been saying this all along. And what you're seeing right now based on the polling is that reality, I think, is starting to set in where, yeah, 
it means Trump is going to be the nominee. Yeah, it hasn't hurt him in the primary at all. In fact, the indictments have only helped him. But it may have helped him beyond what they thought was possible. It may have pushed him to a place where he becomes a candidate. Where Clay, you added, I mean, I, I know people that are talking about the possibility of, like, bank runs. When you start to look at what's going on, you know, Silicon Valley Bank, they all want to tell you, oh, it's all fixed. It's fine. Oh, yeah. They got on the wrong, they got on the wrong side of interest rates and, and, you know, basically treasuries. Yeah. And you look at the way rates are going right now. You look at the, uh, both the persistently high inflation and what's going on with the interest rate hikes faster than I, has it ever been this? I think it's the fastest it's been in history, right? The fastest yeah. interest rate it's hikes. Certainly ever. modern history that anybody knows and, of. Yeah. And, and there are maybe some very large financial institutions. I mean, the largest financial institutions that are effectively sitting on a lot of very bad decisions that they hope, you know, meaning they don't have the, they wouldn't have the capital on hand if people realized that they wanted to take their money out. Now that's always a problem with banks, but when you, when you get on the wrong side of interest rates, like you did with S, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, that seems to become more of a possibility. So think about this. I mean, this is my long way of saying if the economy starts to tank and Biden is where he is, then they're clearly in a break the glass. Then, then you, I think, you know, brokered convention or whatever they got to do, they're going to do. They'll come up with something. Yeah. And, and I, I think the story to, to kind of sum that up. And by the way, on your point on Silicon Valley Bank, I think I talked about this. I was in Italy on my family vacation when those banks collapsed and I got on the phone from Italy because I was worried about, um, my local bank that I do all of my, my business with. I mean, its stock price was tanking. Because there was a legitimate run on banks, and I'm sitting around thinking, how much, you know, what accounts do I have? Like, I think a lot of people were in that perspective. But I think the big story here so far of the Republican primary, we thought, starting in January, the question was going to be, who gives Republicans the best chance to beat Biden? I think the story as we sit here in late September is, Biden's so weak Every Republican is going to beat Biden. Again, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think the electability is less of a focus because Biden is so weak. To your point, if the economy truly hits a recession in the next year, there isn't this fear that Biden looks inevitable in the Republican electorate. I think that was a big part of the DeSantis push, of the Nikki Haley push. Like, oh, Trump has alienated a lot of people. I think Biden's so so bad. That a lot of people are just saying he's a not going to win here. I mean, one is most of the polls show Biden and Trump basically tied. So that Correct. ten point poll is an outlier, right? So and a five point messenger poll, but yes, yeah. But in general, you're looking at it's fifty fifty country, it's fifty yes. fifty, and we're a year ahead of the elections. I keep saying, and you haven't run. They're just going to run J six stuff all day, all the time, and people can say, "Oh, that's all old" or whatever. It's a visual. It's a, you know, TV markets are what moves the needle with elections uh, in different states. I mean, it's, they're going to just flood the airwaves with threat to democracy and J6 stuff. What will that actually mean? We'll have to see. Um, but I, I think, Clay, that we, we are in a situation where you could see something major happen to the economy because they've done everything they can do. This is, we're at the point now where the bazooka has already been fired, right? They've, they've done, they've brought up rates faster than they ever have. They spent more money than they ever should have. Uh, and, and it was a complete, you know, 
free for all, right? Basically, what eight trillion in COVID spending all in when you add the two yeah. trillion to buy more, plus more than trillion. we spent, which I think is important, right. adjusted for inflation to beat the Nazis and win World War II. So it's as though I want to ever take a step back. You know, I'm not an economist. Probably a few economists are listening to this, but you know, I'm just somebody who reads a lot of stuff. But we we all understand this at a, at a, at a gut level and just based on uh, based on common sense. It's like we ran an experiment to run up inflation as fast as we possibly could. And then we've run up an experiment to bring down inflation by bringing up rates as fast as we possibly can. And we're told that the same people, more or less, who did both of those things, and some of whom were pretty much around and asleep at the wheel back in the 2008 meltdown, have gotten this perfectly right. And it's all going to be fine. And there's no real, you can spend $8 trillion and then you can raise rates as fast as you want. Avoid a recession, avoid mass layoffs, avoid all these things. If they pull this off, you would think it must be some kind of active economic uh, engineering genius. Do you want to, does everyone bet that they're going to be able to pull this off? I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there. It's going to be wild. Let's just, let's just sum it all up by it's going to be wild. I keep um, telling Clay he's got to keep the guest house ready at the Florida house. <laughs> you know, hopefully it's heated gotta get, year round. Got to get the Florida house finished first before everything goes to hell. Uh, my pillow company having a great closeout sale. I want to make sure I say this right. Perkel. Perkel sheets. I think I'm close. Uh, it is phenomenal right now. Queen size sheets, 35 bucks. When you use our names, Clay and Buck, as your promo code, all you have to do is go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square to get the MyPillow Perkel sheets for as low as $25 for a set or $35 for a queen set. Twin set, 25 bucks, 35 bucks for a queen set. Enter the promo code Clay and Buck. Go to MyPillow.com today, 800 792 3269. Truth seeking. Reality telling. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty on demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to more than a movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Play Travis Buck Sexton Show. Rolling through the Tuesday edition of the program with all of you. Buck, I put up a poll. And this is something, I, and again, I'm not claiming certainly that my audience on Twitter is reflective of anything other than a small subset of the United States. But you and I were discussing this. If Robert F. Kennedy Jr. runs... The expectation is, right now, conventional wisdom, that he would hurt Biden the most. What if that's not right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, see, I don't know whose conventional wisdom that is. I don't buy that. I don't buy that for one second. You think he would hurt Trump more than he hurts Biden? I think that, I think that more people who are right leaning in their thinking, like RFK Jr., than anybody who's a real Democrat who's voted for Biden, uh, and, you know, voted for Biden and, and gonna, continue to be a democrat going forward i i don't look i, th- I think this was uh, at some level uh, a desire on the right for something just sort of you know new and interesting which often happens in these different campaigns but i think if you have an rfk jr ticket you can say hello to four more years of joe biden if he's the, if he's third party it's going to cost people on the right because you know what clay at the end of the day democrats they just want to win people on the right they're like i have a principle that voting the write-in candidate will support. No, you're just helping Joe Biden win. That's what ends up happening. I'm just I'm just telling it like it is. Start earning high-yield returns in a low-yield market by investing in Phoenix Capital Group's corporate bonds. You choose your investment amount, your term limit, and earn returns from 9 to 13% annual interest with Phoenix Capital's domestic energy asset bonds. These bonds have been filed with the SEC and are also independently audited. Phoenix Capital buys energy royalties previously reserved for institutional investors, now accessible to you, the savvy investor. Phoenix Capital Group is disrupting the traditional energy industry through uh, proprietary offerings, yielding up to 13% annual interest. Learn more by downloading the Phoenix Group's free investment guide today at phxonair.com. Investment in bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it, and you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, consider and carefully review all risks involved. Look, I'm a Phoenix Capital Group investor myself. I believe in what they're doing. Go to phxonair.com today to learn more. Welcome back, everybody. We're joined by our friend Morgan Ortega. She's the founder of Polaris National Security, former spokesperson for the U.S. State Department, and uh, a Naval Reserve officer, former intelligence analyst. You see her. You've seen her a lot in the past on Fox News. Morgan, thanks for being here with us. Uh, also, a friend of mine, friend of Clay's. So that means she's good people, everybody. Um, tell us uh, about this story because I, I think you're gonna have to lay it out. Um, yep. this, this crosses over into the realm of major Iranian foreign policy, the Obama administration, holdovers to the Biden administration, 
nuclear policy. What went on here? Like, tell everybody about this uh, this situation because it's going to be the first time they've heard it. Yeah, so it's pretty breaking news this morning. Um, I will say, you know, I, I live in Nashville where Clay lives, and I was uh, getting ready to drive to Memphis. Got up at I'm speaking at the Lincoln Day Dinner tonight for anybody who's listening from Memphis. Hope to see you there. Um, but uh, I, I was wiping the sleep out of my eyes, and I thought, am I actually reading what I think I'm reading here? And, and, and it's, I think it should be the foreign policy scandal of a generation if everything that Semaphore is reporting is true. So to take a really complicated picture and try to distill it down quickly so all the listeners can understand, essentially what happened, and Semaphore, by the way, is a pretty mainstream media organization started by some New York Times uh, journalists, um, Semaphore reported uh, that they got a hold of a lot of uh, emails, internal correspondence from uh, the Iranian regime, but also correspondence that the Iranians were having with Americans. And essentially what the correspondent said is the Iranian regime, in around 2014, um, they were heavily under U.S. sanctions at that point from both uh, the Bush administration and the Obama administration, and they wanted to improve their image in the United States, and they wanted to get favorable terms for a nuclear deal that had been uh, begun being negotiated in secret, right? So these are things like how many centrifuges uh, was, should Iran be allowed to have? So it wasn't just trying to like blanket improve the reputation in the United States. It was trying to it was trying to get favorable terms for that nuclear deal negotiation. Now that deal was the JCPOA that President Obama signed. Remember, this was a political deal. It was not ratified by the Senate, and that's why in the Trump administration, in which I served, uh, we were able to tear up that nuclear deal because we didn't think it was, it was a good deal. And I could go into another hour on your show explaining why that wasn't a good deal. You, you know this stuff really well, Buck. Um, so what was really mind-blowing about these internal communications about this foreign influence plan that they had in the United States is they had a list of officials, of, of people, of, of influential, mostly Iranian-Americans, uh, that they wanted to recruit to be a part of this. Well, the big problem is it appears on that list, again, if the semaphore reporting is true, that it was uh, Obama officials and current Biden officials who were not only a, a part of the list of people that were, uh, you know, a part of this influence campaign, but who actually saw emails um, from these people. Now, they were at think tanks at the time that they, that they saw some of these emails, but it was emails that, you know, one guy essentially said, to the to the foreign minister, I'm a proud Iranian American. I'm going to do anything that I can to help Iran. Almost pledging allegiance to Iran. And, and so when you when you start to look at the correspondence, it's pretty damning from the perspective of Buck. I thought, how in the world do these people have security clearances? You know, how are you currently working in government if you were emailing the Iranians' foreign minister's aides, talking about how you would publicly publicly support their side? during the nuclear uh, negotiations. You weren't talking about it as an independent analyst. You were talking about not taking the American side. You were talking about taking the Iranian side, which is just pretty wild and mind-blowing to me. And also, there, you know, some of these people that were involved uh, and caught up in these emails also were a part of the $6 billion ransom payment agreement uh, that the Biden team just paid uh, to the Iranians last week. So this is, while it can easily be looked at as like, well, this is a niche story, I don't think it's a niche story because it shows that the Iranian regime set out to to get uh, these uh, former Obama and, and some current Biden officials to get them to influence, 
United States foreign policy on behalf of Iran. Morgan, thanks for coming on with us. Uh, and I saw your tweets this morning, which was what, uh, which was kind of made me think, oh my, this is kind of a big story. And I, and I bet a lot of our audience wouldn't know. And you just hit on it. Uh, we just gave six billion dollars to Iran, mm-hmm. I think, for five uh, prisoners to be returned as part of a prisoner exchange. Also, how much money did we give Iran over the initial Obama deal? Because am I correct to remember that basically we just flew in planes filled with cash? Yeah. And that yeah. happened, right? That absolutely happened. That was reported. That was uncovered by the Wall Street Journal. The Obama team thought that they would get away with that. It ended up being uh, at least 90 billions of dollars also in sanctions relief. And, and by the way, you know, what do we think the Iranians did with that money? Well, we know that they increased their ballistic missile production so that they can more easily threaten Israel, threaten their neighbors, eventually threaten the United States. We obviously have troops in the region. You know, that money did not go to public health infrastructure, right, or, or roads or bridges or new schools. That money in sanctions relief went to uh, the Shia militias around the region that Iran uses to destabilize and, and to commit acts of terrorism. Um, so uh, the United States sanctions relief directly con- contributed, directly contributed to groups like, you know, Hezbollah and Hamas and, and other Shia militants. For example, the ones in Iraq, which Buck knows quite well, uh, which attacked American interests and have seen some American contractor deaths um, due to that. So they, you know, they didn't keep any of their promises. Of course they didn't. You'd be silly to... You'd be silly to believe them the first time and especially silly to believe them the second time. While we've got you, Morgan, I saw a story, and I bet you have an interesting take on it. Um, speaking of Iran, uh, where MBS, who basically runs Saudi Arabia, said, well, if Iran gets a nuclear weapon, then Saudi Arabia is also going to need nuclear weapons. Yeah. What do you think about that, and what is the geopolitical status right now, as you see it, of the Middle East? We tend to focus right now on, obviously, Europe with Ukraine, Russia, and then the threat of China, Taiwan. My eyebrows got raised a little bit about the idea of Saudi Arabia also having nukes, Iran having nukes, given how unstable many of those countries in the Middle East could be. How nervous should we be about that? Well, listen, the, I lived in Saudi Arabia at the U.S. Embassy from 2010 and 11, and the Saudis told me that back then, right? They said if Iran gets a nuclear weapon, we have to get one. So while that position is not, it, it is not new, I definitely think that it's the first time many Americans are hearing it. And we should be very concern, concerned because there is no plan um, from the Biden team to stop Iran from getting a nuclear weapon. We were very clear in the Trump administration. We ripped up the JCPOA. We said this is not a treaty, right? They, the, the Obama team did not go to the Senate to get it ratified as a treaty. It's a political document. And by the way, they didn't go to the Senate because they knew they couldn't get the votes. Also, not even from their own party, Chuck Schumer uh, and others, uh, other Menendez, uh, well, Menendez isn't a great example, but other Democrats <laughs> didn't vote against it, uh, at the time. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so we never believed it. We instituted the maximum economic pressure campaign, and President Trump stated very clearly, by any means necessary, Iran was not going to obtain a nuclear weapon. And the Iranians knew that Trump was serious because he took out Qasem Soleimani, you know, their world leading terrorist, the person who was in, in charge of the IRGC. And so, um, which is the Iran Revolutionary Guard, by the way, sorry to use the acronyms. 
So that's, I think, what we're missing from Team Biden is they have tried for three years now. They've chased the Iranians around the world, tried to negotiate, begged, cajoled, pleaded for them to get back into the deal. The Iranians haven't done that because the Americans, the current administration, is not enforcing the sanctions on Iran. So, like, why would they make a deal with us? There's sanctions placed on them that no one respects or, or enforces. There's no there's no credible threat of force from the Biden team saying, if you do this, we're going to stop you. So, like, what's in it for them to get a deal? There's there's nothing really good in it for them. Morgan Ortegas, everybody. Morgan, appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. She's great. Uh, another Nashville person, Buck. Um, just continue to stack them here. Uh, when a company does something as smart as upgrading their service plan without attaching a price hike to it, that's a good thing. Pure Talk, one of those companies, great news for existing customers and New customers alike. Pure Talk added data to every plan, included a mobile hotspot with each one as well. No price increases whatsoever. Still just 20 bucks a month. Unlimited talk text. Now 50% more 5G data plus a mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month. We love Pure Talk. My 15 year old has a Pure Talk phone. We rely on that phone to be able to be in contact with him. Let us know how his day's going. He's a sophomore in school. We rely on it for our family. You can rely on it for your family as well. Veteran-owned. They have the best customer service team right here in the good old USA. Most families saving a $1,000 a year with the most dependable 5G network in America. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck to make the switch to Pure Talk. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Make the switch to Pure Talk today. Need a break from politics? A little comedy to counter the craziness? So do we. The Sunday Hang. A weekend podcast to lighten things up a bit. Find it in the Clay and Buck podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media and we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on but we do it without the left-wing media spin listen to armstrong and getty on demand on america's number one podcast network iheart open your free iheart app and search the armstrong and getty show to start listening hi i'm michael rapaport and i'm kibi rapaport and together we're hosting rapaport's Rappaport's reality Reality Podcast. podcast We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Junie. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate Morgan Ortegas there. Explaining what I think is kind of a complicated story, but basically Iran, go figure, playing us, getting billions of dollars that was, uh, that was sent in partly based on that, uh, that being able to play us. Um, and, uh, I just, I just come back to this, Buck. I know we're going to be talking a lot about 2024. Tomorrow is the debate. We'll spend a lot of time talking about the debate. What can you point to? This is a question that I think is going to continue to echo all throughout the next you know, 13 or 14 months as we get ready for the election. What can you point to and say, you know what? The Bidens were really on top of this. Graft, corruption. <laughs> Getting money from China. I mean, they they do have some skills, Clay. Be fair. I mean, that is objectively their entire campaign is going to be Trump is an existential threat to democracy with a, with also a layering of they're going to put you in prison if you get an abortion. But none of it is going to be, Hey, we've actually done well. And this is where I think this Bidenomics argument that you laid out is really going to blow up in their face. When you argue, hey, we're responsible for the economy, and it's the worst economy ever for many people out there when it comes to we're about to hit $4 a a gallon gas, uh, inflation, everything is costing. Everybody who has gotten, who has been working, has gotten a default pay decrease because of this. That's a tough spot to be in. They will use every lever at their disposal to, uh, obviously, to include mortgaging our future financial uh prospects in this country to make it look good in the election year. As I said before, though, they don't really have that much that they, or at least it's not readily apparent to me, what they can do to try to juice the numbers in their favor all, all that much. Um, but I also, this is the uh, Eeyore in me, Eeyore's been, he, I know I was, in a, I was like very, I've been very positive recently about Trump's prospects, but uh, this is one thought that I keep having. Uh, Obama went into, now Obama was a once in a generation Democrat political talent, et cetera, et cetera. Fine. He went into the 2012 election with, it was, it was the case, the worst recovery out of a recession in 70 years. Okay. The worst, rec- the slowest, most sort of anemic recovery possible. And yet he won reelection by a lot. Um, you know, I think what Biden's going to do is say, effectively juxtapose where we are against when everyone's masked and fighting the virus and COVID and the lockdowns and all that stuff and say, see how far we've come. Now, I don't know if that's going to work for their purposes. To me, that argument is is preposterous, right? To me, that argument makes absolutely 
no sense. Um, but that's something I think that they will try. Um, and, and I think that the January 6th stuff, you know, to, uh, what I want to know is if you get swing voters in the key states to sit down and you start asking them, you know, does, uh, does your opinion of Trump, did it change after January 6th of 2021? Um, I would like to see what that data looks like because that's the thing that's concerning to me about, about, uh, Trump prospect. Maybe the answer, by the way, is they've overplayed it and we've heard it a million times and who cares? But I don't think Democrats believe that will be the answer. I think that that's the center of their plan. I want at the start of the next hour, I, I want to go back into Buck this Axios headline. <laughs> I, I swear I know. I'm like, I know what Clay's going to say. Let's talk about how Biden can't walk. Let's talk about how Biden's uh, stumbling all over the place. Think, that, that's what Clay wants just to talk like, about. Let's set the table here for everybody just to think about. Wake up the morning. We talked about the prep. Everybody, like, we're reading, trying to make, make sure we're on top of everything. I open up the Axios morning email because they do a good job kind of distilling and giving you an, uh, an idea of what the talking points of the day are going to be. And the Biden campaign's top focus right now is let's figure out how to stop Biden from tripping again. I can't believe that this is real. And it reminds they, they me of the... They refer to it as a, as a mission. A I mission. know. I know. And it, and it brings me that I wanted to hit this uh, from our VIPs. Mark says, Buck, gentlemen, I appreciate it. It's time for Buck to capitulate. The oh, chances yeah. of Joe Biden making it to the campaign finish line are zero. I'm not joking. The Democrats have tried everything they can think of to put lipstick on this political pig. But have you ever seen an elderly woman with lipstick on her face because she can't find her lips? That's Uncle Joe. <laughs> it's a good analogy. Energy, border, inflation, crime, go no further. He loses on every one of these issues. Add in that he probably will be needing 24-hour nursing care by this time next year. It's a fantasy that he'll be a candidate. Just saying. I think, Mark, very astute observer of the political process. Capitulate, Buck. We need fewer of Clay's extended family to call and email today. I'm just going to put that out there, all right? Second cousins in, uh, in, you know... Different parts of uh, of the SEC country you need to stop. I appreciate uh, I appreciate my good friend Judy in Kentucky, eighty three year old grandma of three who has excellent taste in radio. That's all I, I thought. I, can I say. thought she'd even throw me a little like you know consolation, <laughs> like you're okay, Buck. Nothing, nothing from Judy. No love. No, but but seriously, on the on the uh, VIP listener mark, VIP listener mark, I'm going to mark this day because I expect that when Joe Biden is in fact the Democrat nominee. Uncle Bill, Bill O'Reilly is going to be in the show tomorrow. I'm going to do the same thing with him. When that happens, I expect an email in uh, perhaps Shakespearean sonnet form about what a, a a brilliant political mind who will not buckle to conventional wisdom Mr. Buck Sexton is. Okay, P- I, okay I, VIP Mark, you, you mark this day. I am going to read some of these Axios uh, headlines uh, in the Biden. They're worried. They're trying to make sure he can walk. This is not like your 10-month-old grandchild. And you're like, well, we're trying to make sure. We're hoping that he can walk by Christmas. We're hoping that, uh, you know, he's going to be able to wear these new shoes that we got for him. It's the president of the flipping United States, Buck. And the Democrat 2024 political strategy is we got to do everything we can to keep him from falling. 
And I just, I just want everybody to think about this for a minute. Sometimes you have to pull yourself, and I'll expand on this a little bit, Buck, but if you ever think to yourself, am I behaving in a crazy way? Sometimes you have to take yourself out of the context. You'll look crazy, Democrats. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.